0: This podcast is made possible thanks to Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. Today we are speaking about the 2020 VCAA playlisted show Jekyll and Hyde, brought to you by a slightly isolated dog. We are speaking with the artistic director of A Slightly Isolated Dog, Leo Jean Peters, about this production. This immersive theatre performance is fascinating and we ask him all about the vision of the piece and how it comes together. The questions are tailored for a VCE Drama audience. Without further ado, I bring you Leo Jean Peters on Jekyll and Hyde. Welcome to the podcast, Leo Jean. Hello. hello. Hello, Thank you so much for being with us today. So you've got the production of Jekyll and Hyde coming up. Are we excited for that? Yeah,
1: yeah, very excited.
0: That's great. Uh, so can you explain the conventions used in this performance and how they enhance the performance style or styles?
1: Um, well, basically, the, the, the whole convention of the show is that um, the actors are these uh, famous French theatre companies. And so they all speak in really bad French accents and um, they're here to tell the story of Jekyll and Hyde. Um, But, um, but they, um, there is absolutely no fourth wall to the performance. So um, the actors welcome you in and they say, Oh my God, look at you. You're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Come sit over here. And, um, and they basically make this big atmosphere of a party. And um, it's a kind of interactive theater party. It's kind of one of the ways we like to think about it. Um, so they get the audience to play different roles and do different things along in the production, as well as like kind of use direct address storytelling um, throughout and um, and then improvise with the audience or discuss different bits and pieces, um, uh, as well as then moving in of like kind of more, more choreographed and more tightly like, Um, constructed theatrical scenes and forms and um, moments. So uh, yeah, it's a kind of like, it it creates a kind of crazy chaos in the room, but from out of that is actually quite a sophisticated and um, constructed overall event that tells the story of Jekyll and Hyde, but also like builds the story of the interpersonal relationships between the actors and the audience and creates a whole kind of um, sort of crazy event all around uh, Jekyll and Hyde and the darkness within and the themes around that.
0: Yeah, and all the the characters playing Jekyll and Hyde, so there's lots of transformation of character there.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. All of the actors play Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Several audience members play um, either of them, or they play different characters throughout, so Jekyll's friends, whatever. There's like, and we use... um, very overt theatricality. So there's no like hiding it. There's no pretending we're we're um this is real. It's a it's very much a show and um there's a lot of transformation using different things to to transform people and places and all of that kind of stuff.
0: And in and it being immersive, the audience is is you mentioned even sometimes part of the piece. So that's gonna be quite an interesting yeah. experience for, for audiences getting into that. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah it's um it's like we take very good care of people we absolutely um everybody in the company will say that they um absolutely hate uh um participatory theater like for the most part when we cuz when we go along when when you often go along it's like um the audience is often made the butt of the joke or they're made like kind of to feel foolish or like they're the ones that don't know what's going on and all the actors kind of perform around them Um, But for us, it's like, it's the opposite of that. Like we are, we are basically the fools and we make the audience always look beautiful and you know exactly what you're doing and you're very protected and very held and very celebrated. We basically just get to run around and tell people how beautiful and how amazing they are for an hour. That's a huge part of the performance. So it's a, it's quite a joyous kind of celebration, Um, but using this kind of classic tale and then all of this theatrical kind of craziness to make that
0: and then the audience gets to be, gets to be immersed totally in the experience, which is new.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's basically like by creating, by using the, these forms and these techniques um, and the, these conventions, um, we basically create a kind of like, it's, it's, a, it's kind of, it's not like any dinner party I've ever been to with my family, but it's kind of like a family at a dinner party having crazy story times. Like it's, um, the, fe- the feeling that the audience has is very, it's very warm, very explosive. People go away and then they come back and see the shows again and they say hi to us and they greet us like world friends and we chat and they tell us about different aspects of their lives and like we actually have made many friends who are audience members and when we see them again we remember them and you know we've built relationship with them so it's a kind of um, yeah, using this, these sort of conventions actually really frees people up and, and it allows us to be bold and, and, and to be kind of together and celebrate in a way that we don't normally do together.
0: Wow, that sounds really exciting. Uh, so uh, uh, how do the actors use their expressive skills to communicate their characters and enhance the performance style?
1: Well, they um, they use... Uh, like they use middle, many performance forms in this way. We use a lot of different um, sort of styles and techniques of performance, if you will. Like, so they, they, obviously the base of it is a kind of character work where they use the voice and the French accent and 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 have to, the French accent is quite hard on the throat. So the actors have to work very hard to get the resonance into the front of the face so that they can project and they can they can ex- be expressive in, in the performance while also maintaining the character of the French performer. Um, and they have a, they all have a kind of slightly heightened physicality that they all key into. So they're using their, um, they're using their bodies in ways that they don't normally do in their everyday life. So they, they, they place the weight on a different part of the feet and then this changes their alignment and their hips. Or one of the actors is, a like a 29 year old man who wears high heels. And so his high heels, his costume really shifts the way that he moves um, and the way that his body works so that you, and you see that very much in the performance His his physicality is very much dominated by his shoes because that's a part of who Julie is when he creates Julie. So, um, and all of the other actors as well, they use their costume, they use, they change their bodies and use different physicalities in different ways to create the base role that they play. Um, and then they use, and then as well as that, we use, uh, the show used a lot, uses a lot of different performance styles. So it uses, like it's part clown in sometimes, it uses those games and those kinds of performance techniques. Um, it's part melodrama at points. It's very much, they are very much fools, these characters. So it plays off of a lot of those kind of old techniques um, of, Uh, from the theatrical pedagogy um, or theatrical training and um, to create this sort of larger than life kind of crazy characters that um, then can like utilize their voice and move between a lot of other different characters as they play all the different roles within the show.
0: So this is really nothing like real life at all. This is well beyond realism into a totally different space.
1: Absolutely not. Yeah, it is. There is no, there's no pretension at realism. There's no like, it's, it's, it, it even makes fun of the notion of realism or it like it has fun at that. It doesn't, um, it's the sort of joy of like being a child and saying like, okay, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the cop and you play the robber and I'm going to chase you around the house and, you know, and then I'm going to capture you. And then you're going to escape. And, you know, you like making up scenarios and then playing out different make-believe, it's um, it's that kind of same joy that we had when we were kids. Um, but like for, for older people or for older older students, or you know, it's like trying to encourage that kind of playfulness and that kind of relationship to the theater.
0: That's really fun. I just did an episode with uh, Emily Goddard about Buffon, and it's so exciting having uh-huh. that kind of world there where we're just going back to that sense of play and interaction. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so we have the dramatic elements that the amazing students are, are studying and we have these eight elements that we talk about and try to understand. Uh, how are you able to manipulate things like mood and rhythm and tension in an experience like this?
1: Um, well, like everything is sort of beyond realism in a way because it's all, it's all, it all works from this sort of major conceit of we are storytellers and we're playing and making it with you um the the rhythm of the piece is um is highly like it's highly structured because some of it is like improvisational and some of it feels like some of it is actually conversation with the audience where they ask like who's had a good day and then they just chat with you about who's had a good day and a bad day and um and then they tell different stories about their good days and it just feels like like literally like they're just chatting with an audience and kind of making stuff up and it's very funny and very like charming but it's um, the rhythm of it is a very meandering kind of conversation. And then like there'll be, you know, the lighting will change or the the, the sound will come in and then there'll be different shifts into more like kind of highly structured moments or um, like there's, there's some of it is actually very precise and rhythmic and very fast and very like choreographed and, I don't want to give too much away about it, but like um, but the, nah, there's
0: okay. There's a they'll feel that shift, that contrast in in rhythm. Will,
1: absolutely, will be felt yeah, by the audience. yeah. So we use yeah rhythm and like in the rhythm to like we shift the mood quite quickly. It's like it's very fun and playful still, but then it gets scary. But it's still a kind of joyous, kind of scary and funny and
0: yeah, campfire scares.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 using like i mean the overall rhythm of the thing is is breakneck and it's a it's a it's a it's a very um, it's a very acrobatic kind of performance it's a very demanding performance for an actor um and and so like so there's only like you know there's a there's a certain level of skill that we need to have and you have to always be on you have to always be paying attention and, and focused and and um present so like they they drive the rhythm quite specifically and then creates different points of tension because it goes very fast into a point and then it breaks and then everybody, you know, and then it falls down or, or they meander around in conversation and then there's some huge surprising moment and some huge surprising, surprising explosive sound effect or something. And then that shifts the rhythm, um, to then shift the mood and create tension.
0: Yeah. Are there key moments of tension in the piece? Is there a moment you can, you can think of where we, are we're actually manipulating tension in the room quite specifically.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, um, it's not like, it's sort of, again, it's not like a, a typical kind of realistic theatrical um, experience where you would, well, uh, it's actually not different. It's all the same principles actually. So like the speed of the dialogue will, will quicken and then, you know, the pace will, will, will move through it. And then there'll be music and then there'll be like, the actors will top each other and they'll build on that way to create a kind of tension as we move towards like the climax of the show or I mean, and there's really the climax of the show is a questionable thing about actually where it is. Cause there's probably about three or four of them or two or three of them, but like, yeah, several different, there's several different moments that like you can clearly spot, you can clearly spot. And like you could speak to, one could speak to about, using tension to build to a heightened point and then explode and then release it all and then move on to a new thing and how, how that maneuvers and uses rhythm to create those various kinds of tension. Great. And while
0: we're on climax, there's the, and we've talked a little bit contrast as well. Uh, The other dramatic elements they look at are contrast conflict and and climax. And sometimes they work together, sometimes not. We've talked about that contrast in rhythm because of course they all work together. I wonder if, if conflict is expressed maybe non-verbally or, or, or physically, if there's moments where we move beyond reality of wife lived in the terms of conflict, that inner conflict that Jekyll and Hyde have is pretty strong. I'm going to guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's reflected throughout the piece. So the whole piece is about um, really exploring kind of the darkness within all of us and, from a very domestic perspective from a very everyday kind of perspective about like, Oh, I was, you know, my boss or my teacher said some things to me and it really made me mad. So like, you know, they just, they had a bad day and they took it out on me and then I had a bad day and I took it out on somebody else. So I'm both righteous and angry and feel really guilty at the same time or whatever, you know, all of those little ordinary moments that we have when you're in traffic and you're late or you're like, you know you get a bill that you can't afford to pay or you're like even trying to like just trying to get somewhere and somebody's walking really slowly on the streets or whatever it is you know it's like the little ordinary moments that we feel where we feel a kind of rage or, or frustration or, or anger or or guilt or whatever we feel like and how all of those kind of build up and they create a darkness and so the notion is that like we play, with the, we play with the kind of the, the contrast between the very domestic thing and the huge kind of massive, like Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing where Jekyll makes another person, like becomes another person in order to be able to be completely dark or completely evil. And so like we play with that quite a bit. And then the whole thing, like throughout the whole show, there's various conflicts between like the performers and audience members we play, we make a, we make games where they play a relationship with different people in the audience or a performer borrows money from somebody in the audience and can't pay them back you know or whatever like there's all these little kind of games that we make where we build these relationships in the performer's life in the performer's quote unquote performer's like life um, that are like then feed in directly to like the the conflicts within the story where it's Jekyll wrestling with himself and, and wanting to be like enjoying being evil and enjoying doing all of these things, but then also feeling kind of guilty about it and saying oh no, 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 I can't do the potion anymore. I can't, like Mr. Hyde can't come back anymore. And then the inevitable kind of struggle as Hyde starts to take over. And so there's a lot of like, use a lot of like um the, the contrast of that is really beautiful because it expresses the kind of feeling of what we feel even in the most mundane kind of frustrations. But using this kind of epic or like not epic, but this kind of like mythic sort of folk tale or gothic no, gothic tale to, to this bigger than life gothic tale that brings that alive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that inner conflict that he's going to have about as you discussed, I think it's going to manifest itself quite powerfully on the stage. And you've mentioned a few that there's going to be some some mini climaxes throughout the piece, which is, which is great. We've touched on that. Yeah. I wonder about space and sound, if you're going to be using the actual theatrical space in a way that we wouldn't expect or in a way that's going to uh, enliven the senses.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sort of fits in, I think, in, as well. Like, we definitely, um, like, the space is the we use, we, we utilize all of the performance space. So everything from the audience to the, as much as we can, we'll get as many places as we can. I mean, obviously some, some venues are um, more restrictive about like, I mean, it's just trickier to get to, depending on how the audience, the seating block is and whatnot. But, um, but we try to make the show kind of surround and encompass the whole world of whatever space it exists in.
0: And that's to um, in that immersive and, experience you mentioned at the start.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there's elements of the show that kind of come out, you know, we use different, um, I mean, this is something of also the kind of lighting in the set and the and the costumes and the rest of it, like kind of going, um, we use, uh, we use very everyday objects to like create kind of um, to sort of transform and then create the kind of, imaginary world of the play again not trying to give too much away but you know like a big bit of tool comes out and it is the fog and it creates this kind of magical feeling but it sort of encompasses the whole audience um, or like we create the potion so we just have like little beakers and little things and we get the audience then and- like pour ingredients together and
0: right well that's really that contrasting space which is exciting that that whole space you're in and then you make that space tiny by making it about a beaker that contrast is really interesting yeah
1: yeah yeah it sort of works it works on like all of the different it's a kind of funny thing because the actors and the performers or the actors in the audience are playing together the sort of nobody's separate so there's never like the space is never like a it's never in the way when you think about theatrical space, it's often a frame where it's often over away and it's kind of like a whole picture or a whole physical composition, even if it's, even if you're in the round or in, in thrust, often even there might be audience behind, but there's always, almost always the entirety of the actor we see or that's the intended picture that we see. But for this, sometimes the actor is next to you and you're looking at their hands, you know? So we're, and and this is the you know there's a little manipulation and everybody is looking at one actor what one actor is holding showing you or whatever it's uh it, it it plays in a different kind of way where like the space is the entire yeah, yeah. the entire space is utilized
0: and all about sound is there if you ever use heightened language or maybe move beyond language into other sounds or recorded sound in the piece
1: uh, like yeah, the sound in it is one of the key elements, one of the absolute key performance production elements of the show, and um, and we try to like make it as integrated as possible into the overall performance, so that the actors and the sound are always working together. Our operator is a is a beautiful, lovely genius. He's a fantastic, um, a fantastic both like skilled technician and so also, a very, also a very sensitive performer. Um, and uh, the queuing, there's like there's uh, hundreds of cues. I don't even know how many cues are in the show, but like um, the use of we use music throughout. these live music. They we sing, um, well not live music, recorded uh, recorded music with live vocals. So actors break into various crazy kind of pop songs um, to create the feeling of different moments or the. The emotional reality, or the, or even just something of a of a crazy party, explosive time that comes out of one of Mister Hyde's misadventures,
0: and sound effects, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, heaps of sound effects. Like, yeah, that's that's like it'll be, and it's one of the clearest things in terms of like speaking to production elements is the sound is is the primary function is the primary kind of production element that we we really lean on. Um, and then we use, like like I said, already kind of different props or set pieces that then transform and change the space in different ways.
0: Yeah, we can talk a little bit about that. The, that's great, like, about the set and the lighting and how they're used symbolically. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and so, like, you know, we um, – we use them um, in that, in that there's like, we use, we use frames or like screens, frames with like a, a kind of translucent frost cover to them. And like, we use those in a number of different ways to create a number of different images and moments and different places, as well as um, locations and moods and whatnot. So it's like, so those, every, these very fairly everyday mundane objects then become a kind of magical theatrical landscape in a way um
0: and is that is that is that intentional that they're everyday objects that you're turning into something magical is there is there a theme or an underlying
1: idea oh absolutely like we want i mean generally i try to go like i try to um i think that i think the theater is very disconnected from our everyday lives and most people most people in my experience of um like, especially in our part of the world and in, 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 in most of the places that I've actually been, the theater is not like a, a thriving, popular source of community. And um, so it's a foreign kind of place for most people. And so we try to play with objects that don't appear foreign so that then like the objects that appear in people's lives. So I can go, that's a picture frame. And then, oh, I twist it, and I do like this, and it's oh, it became something else, you know, so there's the magic of the imagination can play in that way um, i can I can take um I can take this big bit of black plastic and I can hand it to audience members, and they can hold it, and it can become the ocean, or you know I can like a little crinkly bit of orange cellophane and hold it under a thing, and it can become a beaker that's that's bubbling this potion away, you know it's like it's a very playful way of a very playful and very um, kind of the goal is to try to encourage playfulness and imagination with the audience and and ourselves
0: and it links to jekyll and Hyde, that ordinary man becoming a monster this idea these ordinary objects transform become something beyond
1: real absolutely yeah so again totally yeah that kind of playing with the 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 connection between what are, what we like you know our very ordinary feelings that are also very epic and big and massive well,
0: that, yeah. that's amazing so that that was our our last question about different production areas but um, I'm wondering if there's something something that we haven't talked about yet or something that you'd love to mention that you want audiences to know before going in maybe something to look out for or if not that's okay as well but we've talked so much about so many elements of the production if there's something that you think we haven't touched on
1: no i mean generally like if i haven't mentioned it i'll just be like yeah it's participatory and it's interactive but it's actually like so not threatening and so enjoyable because that's that's one of the things that people go that puts people off to it they go like oh i don't i don't want to go and i don't want to be on stage i don't want to do the thing and it's like yeah that's the only that's the only thing that i would emphasize is that it's actually a, a really great time and people go for the most, like out of our experience, like people go and they go, like even if they go, I don't want to perform, and then they within the first five minutes, they're like, oh, no, I want to be involved.
0: Excellent. And if they want to find out more about Jekyll and Hyde, where can they
1: go? Or about you? We've got both a Facebook page and a website. We're at a slightly isolated dog.weebly.com. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, we're a slightly isolated or slightly isolated. Um and on Facebook we are a slightly isolated dog. So it's very easy to find us there. It's
0: an amazing production name.
1: It's yeah, it's it's it makes me laugh when I when I get to write a slightly isolated dog presents and get to imagine just a little dog that's quite not completely isolated, just a little bit isolated making a show. I think it's it's a very funny image. I think so that.
0: too. All right, well, I look forward to seeing the show, uh, and thank you so much for your time today, Leo Jean.
1: No worries, thank you.
0: If you would like to find out more about this production of Jekyll and Hyde, go to a slightly isolated dog.weebly.com. That is all from us at the Aside. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. Over 200 now. If you'd like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of questions each week and we are more than happy to help. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.